Welcome to episode 42 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined in studio, in the vault, here at Grace College and Theological Seminary. In the vault. By my good friend, my co-host, my colleague, and the man who is currently teaching more classes than I am right now, John I did Sloat. not realize that. I'm teaching two. How many are you teaching? Just one right just now. Just one class. Okay. Man, to be full-time faculty, what a what a life. Yeah, yeah. It's just, what uh, a, what it's a, just life. A, a life of luxury. Man. So, <laughs> so how are we doing, John? Uh, well, I just learned that piece of information. Uh, I th- we're doing pretty well. It's a cold, rainy, feels like fall morning or day. I guess it's the afternoon here on Monday. But um, yeah, do, doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm uh, I'm I'm enjoying our uh, upgrades to our vault studio here. Yeah, we're absorbing echo with foam on the walls. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a, a very pointy, speckly um, mattress pad that they yeah. attach to the wall here, or a foamy egg carton. Yeah, you know, to hold like ostrich eggs or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So who knows if that will be effective. Um, you know, I doubt it'll keep out the drums from the worship arts folks downstairs. Oh, I think because of the foam, listenership is going to go through the roof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, we're 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 investing infrastructure dollars into the podcast. We're professionals. Yeah, yeah. We didn't pay a dime for that. But um, so, if you want to uh, connect with us, we can be found on Twitter at V and S Pod. You can email the show various and sundry podcast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page, Various and Sundry Podcast. You can connect with us there. And if you'd really like to do us a solid, we'd love for you to go on to the podcast app and leave us a five-star rating and a review. Now, we haven't had any reviews this past week, but um, had a good week of downloads. I, th- I feel like we're – We did all right. Yeah. 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 And It's a fine week. Yeah. I, I, and I've noticed looking globally – we we tend to skew in the northern hemisphere apparently in terms of our downloads, and we did pick up a major country. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the largest country in the world. No, that'd be that'd be China. Really? Yeah. Bigger than? Oh, you're talking about land area. Yeah, land, land area. Um, yeah, probably Russia. Yeah, we picked up Russia. Fourteen yeah. time zones in Russia, I think. Something yeah, like that. Some crazy thing like that. So, um, someone in the Kremlin is listening. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. So uh, both excited and terrified by that fact. But, uh, so what's going on in the world of sports here, John? Uh, well, the NFL happened again this week. I don't know. Did you catch any games over the weekend? I watched the Browns-Steelers. That was, well, that wasn't the closest of games. I was excited for that game. Yeah. Because it was uh, 4-0 versus 4-1. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, and the Browns kind of got creamed. Browns going to Browns. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're better than last year for sure. But, um, you know, the Browns basically, they are a run the ball and then strategically try to strike big plays with the passing game. So if you stop the run and force Baker Mayfield to drop back in the pocket and throw the ball a lot, that's not good for the Browns. Mm -hmm. And Baker Mayfield threw an absolutely terrible pick six. Uh, to to Minka Fitzpatrick very early in the game, yeah, where he he stared down the receiver, and Minka Fitzpatrick as the safety 
probably didn't even move. Like he, he might have moved like a step to his right to pick the pass off. So, I, you know, should have seen that there was a oh, guy yeah. sitting on the route in any case. Um, but he, he was also playing injured. Yeah, uh, to, but to, still. To Baker's credit, you know, yeah. he had a Kevlar vest on uh, while he was playing. No, I don't think it was for Kevlar? I believe it was Kevlar. I think I heard that on the telecast. Are they worried that there are snipers in the stands? It is. <laughs> it is a rival team. <laughs> well, wouldn't you think that you wouldn't want to hurt Baker Mayfield? Wouldn't you think that keeping him in there would, would enhance your chances as the Steelers of being successful in the field? I don't know. Who, who's sitting behind Baker? Case Keenum, I believe. Case Keenum. And he's had some, he's had some success. Yeah. In any case, um, what's going on with your Jets here, John? Well, they decided to change things up this week. Uh, and they lost to Miami <laughs> instead okay. of losing to one of the other teams in the division. Okay. So. Okay. And it's my understanding they are the last team in the NFL now without a win. That sounds right. I don't know that for a fact. But yes, that sounds right. Um, and they just traded away – or they cut, they cut Levy on Bell. Yes, who signed um, with the Chiefs. That seemed like a strange fit to me. Really? Yeah. I, I, I think You're not it, convinced Le'Veon Bell is, is back to who he used to be? Well, I, I just think the Chiefs don't strike me as a, as a team that is going to be like, yeah, let's hand the ball off to a, a, a power running back for 20 carries, 15, 20 carries. And I feel like they, they have a good rookie running back in that uh, Alaire from LSU that they seem to be really satisfied with. So I just don't – it didn't seem to make sense to me that he, – he doesn't seem like a fit there sure. to me. I, I think they're going to throw the ball to him more than run, than run specifically with him. Yeah. That's what be. I think. So are the Jets – how much do you think the Jets are actually this bad and how much are they tanking? I th- I think they are tanking. Okay. So so I here's my two cents on what is happening and you can call me far too optimistic. <laughs> okay. I think Joe Douglas has a head coach that everybody hates and, and wants to blame for this. Yeah, Adam Gase. Yep. And he is slowly trading away and cutting big ticket individuals and gaining draft picks is what he's doing. At the end of the season or just before the season ends, he'll fire Adam Gase bring in his own head coach because he didn't choose Gase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two to three years from now, um, we'll, we'll be the Kansas City Chiefs or, or something like that. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> when we're on episode like 212 or something, um, I guess that'd be like four years from now. But yeah. Yeah. In any case, <laughs> I, I admire your optimism. Um, that that's the optimistic take. The, I see. the the pessimistic take is like things are never going to get better. Yeah. We're, we're just going to continue to get worse. And okay, uh, it was a relatively slow college football weekend, except for the uh, much anticipated Alabama Georgia game, which uh, was good for a half. Al- uh, Alabama trailed at the half by four to Nick, Georgia. Nick Saban was not at the game, correct? He was. He was at the game. Yes. So um, he. He had tested positive Thursday, I think. Tuesday, uh, yeah, probably Thursday. And since then, uh, after that, he then had three negative COVID tests. Okay. So they cleared him to be back on the sidelines. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh man, I remember so much talk about him not being on the sidelines. No, he was definitely there. It ate um, up a good port- a good portion of sports radio last year. Yeah, angry Nick Saban was there in full force. Okay, so. Um, I, I think 
the big takeaway from that is that uh, Alabama has a terrific offense. Their defense is eh. uh, Georgia was um, is is just not ready for prime time at the quarterback position. They have mm-hmm. a quarterback named Stetson Bennett the fourth. Wait, his first name is Stetson. Yes. Wow. Yes, Stetson Bennett wow. the fourth. Now, I would not expect Stetson Bennett the fourth to be my quarterback. I would expect him to be uh, doing my taxes. I would expect him to um, come from Southern money, to be sure. To be living off a trust fund. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But not to be my quarterback of a uh, of an SEC powerhouse. He sounds like a like a guy you don't want to know who lives in the Hamptons, <laughs> living off old money, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's something like I think they list him at five eleven, but he's he's probably not that. So anyway, um, uh, other takeaways is that, uh, and this will this will not satisfy our some of our listeners here, but uh, Notre Dame is is overrated currently. <gasps> really? Yes. So after this weekend, they moved up to third, even though they struggled to beat a one in four Louisville team. At home, mm. beat them 12-7. No, either 12-7 or 15-7, one of those two. Not good. No, and trailed for a good chunk of that. So uh, I think Notre Dame's a good football team, but they are not the third best team in the country. Yeah. That's absurd. So, And finally, John, it's game week. The Buckeyes play. Oh, the Big Ten's back. The Big Ten comes back this upcoming weekend. What are you doing to celebrate? What, like, what, what's what's the Saturday ritual going to look like for you and the fam? Uh, we're going to be in front of the uh, the sixty five inch TV in the basement. Okay, with the surround sound and listening to Gus Johnson and Joel Clack call the game. Any any snack of choice or are snacks avoided? I don't tend to. Uh, it's hard for me to eat much before the game. Little little pregame. You got the jitters. Yeah. So, yeah, I, just, I tend to avoid food. Uh, Ohio State enters that game against Nebraska, a 21 and a point, 21 and a half point favorite. So theoretically, they should take care of business. So we'll see about that. And then, um, oh, uh, North Carolina, number five team in the country. They were also overrated as well. Lost to a one in, one in three or one in four Florida State team. Okay. So anyway uh, – and then the last sports note here, uh, we've got the World Series set now. Tampa Bay Rays against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, should be fun. Uh, kind of two different systems there, right? The Dodgers have gone out and spent all this money. Yeah. And the Tampa Bay Rays have not. And they have taken a – we're going to spend as little as possible, but we're going to run the run the numbers and yeah. spend our money on analytics. Yeah, so absolutely. It should, should be fun to watch. Absolutely. Got a pick in that? Oh my! Um, I'm probably taking the Dodgers. Okay, I'm gonna go Rays. You're gonna go Rays. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I don't know. I really don't know much. So it's you know, I'm, it's like flipping a coin here for me. I, I'm, I'm, you know, and, and so I'm putting this disclaimer out there. I can't take a lot of credit if they win, if the Rays win, <laughs> but I'm also not gonna take any heat for them losing since I'm flipping a coin and. Let, let's. You're not a big baseball fan. I'm not. Okay. So. I like. I do like playoff baseball. For the atmosphere and it's the a lot pressure. of fun, but that's but gone. That's gone because you've got no fans. So, uh, can you name Dodgers players? How many? Can, can you name any Dodgers players at the moment? Uh, Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw. There we go. Um, 
Mookie Betts. Mookie, yeah, Mookie plays for the big, Dodgers. Big money, yeah, big money yeah. Mookie. Big money Mookie. That's right. <laughs> I don't think that's his actual nickname, but he, I know he signed like an absurd contract of something like three, four hundred million dollars. Yeah, so, something, something, baseball ginormous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's probably it for me. Okay, what about the Tampa Bay race? I cannot name a single Tampa Bay Ray player. <laughs> um, I can name one because he was on my fantasy team this year. Okay. And he played really well. Brandon Lowe. Okay. He played really well. I mean, your parents live in Tampa Bay. My parents now, live in Tampa. Um, which is in danger of becoming uh, sort of the sports capital of the US with the Lightning, Tampa Bay Lightning, won, won the, the NHL yep. championship, the Stanley Cup. And if the, the Rays win the World Series. And you've got the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are a serious Super Bowl contender this year. Yeah, and the Super Bowl is in Tampa this year. Yeah. Um, yes, it will be uh, the sports town where the winning team is always the second favorite team in town because yeah. everybody has. Oh, I moved here from so and so, right? And, you know, from such and such a place. And yeah, there might be more Yankees fans there than uh, than Tampa yes. Bay Rays fans. Yes, Ag- agreed. Um, all right. Well, it's time to move on to our main topic. Uh, last week, uh, Doc interviewed me for a grueling podcast interview. Grueling, hard hitting. Yes. yes. Um, asked the hard questions. Uh, and so today, for the for the remainder of the pod, really, uh, we're going to ask Doc some questions uh, and, and get to the truth. Um, that's really what we're after here. I mean, we are essentially an investigative yeah. uh, journalist kind of podcast yeah, here, which is why I gave you the questions ahead of time. <laughs> so, yes. um, well, one of the things we talked about last week, I grew up moving around the country. Uh, you grew up in a same house, I believe. Actually, two same town, but so I grew up in one house till I was like five or six, and then moved to the house where my parents still currently live. Okay, so talk to me about growing up in a town. What were the benefits, drawbacks? Yeah, so the town that I grew up in, a small town called Napoleon, Ohio, German town named after a French dictator. Okay. Yeah, it makes no sense. Uh, the, you know, probably population 10,000, so pretty small, small place. Town. And, um, yeah, there's some advantages of growing up in, in that kind of small town context. The, um, you know the fact that you pretty much knew most people in town, or were you know not far removed from them, and the fact that my grandfather uh, was pretty well known in town uh, meant that I people kind of tended to know probably who I was because of that fact once they heard my last name. And what did your grandfather do? Uh, just yeah, for the listeners. So he he moved buildings for a living. A bit, that's fascinating. Yeah, a business yeah. that he inherited from his father. And so, um, yeah, so it, he would raise up barns and move them around uh, different properties. If, he, if someone wanted to put in a basement into their house, he would dig out underneath it, raise it up so they could then create the basement and then set it back down. Moved a lot of historical buildings. So if they were, you know, if someone bought a piece of property that had kind of a historic building on it, they would move that historic building to uh, somewhere else in the county to preserve it, but, but allow the new property owners to use the property. So, yeah, and uh, and he was a pretty detailed guy. You you found his, and I know you've mentioned this on a past pod mm-hmm. episode, but you found his um, 
his ledger basically uh, from years ago. What, 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 could, you, could you talk about that maybe just a little bit? Yeah. So he kept a, a daily work log or journal essentially of what he did pretty much every day that uh, went back to – I think the earliest ones we had were like late 40s, early 50s. Wow. And so um, now 90 – Eight percent of that was work related because he was a small businessman, and so it was you know went out to this job, did these three, did these few things, but occasionally he'd put in personal notes like things that happened in the family. So um, he would record significant events like uh, Kate and I's wedding. They went down to, to Athens, Ohio, where we got married. Um, the the birth of grandchildren and, and that sort of stuff. So. Fun little windows into into his life, hmm. but yeah, very detailed kind of guy, and um, was not a book smarts kind of guy, but what, sort of common sense and just figure things out, hmm. and the the hardest working man I've ever known. Hmm. And he worked until, I mean, he died this past this January, but he probably worked up until about a year to a year and a half before that in some capacity. And he was 94 when he died. Wow. <laughs> so he was just a beast. Um, uh, growing up in Napoleon, mm-hmm. um, two, two things I want to mention. Yeah. Uh, or two things I want to ask about. Uh, tell me about the pizza. And, uh, <laughs> yes. And, uh, and tell me about uh, high school sports. What was that like for sure. you? Sure. So um, when it comes to local pizza joints. There is this place called Hawk's Pizza mm-hmm. in Napoleon there. And it is the best non-deep dish pizza on the face of the planet as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. Great combination of cheese and sauce and toppings all in that perfect proportion. So um, anytime we make it back to Napoleon, we uh, – Pick up a, a pie to bring back with us. It's a drive-through pickup. It is. I it is. It when is a. It is a drive-through that you go. Th- it's kind of hard to describe. So it's like this kind of pole barn slash garagey kind of feel. You pull through, and they sell other stuff like you know soda and beer and all that kind of stuff. But but their main thing is the pizza. Hmm. So yeah, it's uh, it's a delightful delightful piece of pizza that. Now you've got me hungry just thinking about it. Well, I wanted to work in a, an ad for Hawk's Pizza. Uh, <laughs> we're the, trying to get them to sponsor the yeah, pod. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to reach out to them. Um, and, and high school sports, which, which ones did you play? Which ones did you enjoy? Sure. So I – let's see. I played basketball uh, through my sophomore year and um, basketball was the most successful sport in our uh, – historically speaking – of the main sports, we had an epically great water polo team. Okay, but wow. you know there weren't a lot of schools that had pools, so that you know, <laughs> you know the, the 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 population of water polo teams was not great in the state of Ohio necessarily. Really, really, Northwest Ohio, really. Huh. So, in any case, uh, played basketball through my sophomore year, and um, quit because uh, my perception was that our coaching staff had basically picked the players they wanted to play and it didn't matter how you performed in practice or in your opportunities. 
they were just going to stick with the guys that were – that they had selected themselves. Hmm. So it didn't feel like there was much opportunity to to move up, to improve, that kind of thing. So, so I left that after my sophomore year. I did run cross country for four years in high school. Our team made it to the state uh, state championship meet my sophomore and senior year and then played tennis all four years as well. I actually had never played competitive tennis till I tried out for the team <laughs> on my, my, my freshman year. And uh, that was a lot of fun. My my senior year – so in tennis, it, it, once you get to like the, the sectionals and districts and stuff, they um, they they no longer have team competitions. It's just individuals or doubles teams. So me and my doubles partners partner, we won we won a, a sectional championship. Nice. And were one match away from making it to state, lost in the uh, district mm. championship, which would have gotten us into into the state tournament. Still, it still hurts. I can see it in your eyes. A little eyes. bit of a sting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry for bringing it up. That's okay. Um, That's okay. Talk, talk to me. So you went to Ohio University. I did. In Athens. Mm-hmm. Uh, southeast. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yep. Southeast yep. Ohio. Um, that seems like an odd odd spot for a kid from Northwest Ohio to go with so many colleges in between. Why, why OU? So I, I would say the main reason is that when I graduated – when I was finishing up high school – I wanted to be a sports broadcaster and Ohio University has an excellent um, telecommunications broadcasting hmm. program. So that was probably the main reason for going there. It, it helped that uh, two of my best friends also were going there hmm. and uh, it's just a beautiful campus. I, it's one of the most beautiful campuses you'll ever see. It's really? Sit, it sits in the foothills of Appalachia in mm-hmm. southeast Ohio. And so – and it dates back to – I think it's the it's the oldest public university in the Northwest Territory. So, I mean, it's hmm. it's been around forever, much longer than even Ohio State. And so it has a very classic collegiate feel, beautiful brick building set in the, the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. It's, it's a beautiful place. Now, you got your degree in sports broadcasting, correct? I did. Um, now you you have not profited from that until you started doing the various and sundry podcasts, <laughs> correct? Correct. Uh, well, I mean, I did I did do some sports broadcasting in in college, but I did not profit from that. That's mm-hmm. correct. Uh, though I'm not aware that I'm profiting off of this either. So. No, no, it's costing us money. That's <laughs> okay. that's that's what's happening. Um, could could you talk about? Um, because now you're a professor of New Testament, which seems very different from sports broadcasting. Yeah, reasonably different. Could you talk talk us through just like vocationally? How'd you get there? Yeah. So I was probably in my – I think it was in my sophomore year at OU when I really sensed God calling me into some form of ministry. I had been involved in uh, – at the time, Campus Crusade for Christ, now just crew. And – the uh, through my involvement with that, it it just seemed like God was leading me more towards the path of ministry. So, at that point, I I decided by then it didn't make sense for me to really change my major because my major had so many elective hours available to me that I could take anything I wanted, sure. and it would have probably lengthened my stay to switch to a major or something else. So I took two years of Greek. I uh, took several um, unnecessary communications classes because I thought they would help me. <laughs> and uh, and so my involvement with crew gave me opportunities to 
lead Bible studies, do evangelism, do, do some discipleship. And it was really in the course of that, through some discipleship, that God began to identify some gifts and some some interests, such as in the areas of teaching and even being able to to write to some degree mm-hmm. that others began to affirm. And so I began to think long-term at that point, I think God's probably calling me to some kind of uh, ministry where I get to teach and maybe do some writing. And I, I, at the time, I thought that's probably going to be something academic, but I knew that I wanted to get some ministry experience, some full-time ministry experience. So when I graduated from OU, I went on staff with Crew, where for five years I did evangelism and discipleship on campus there, actually back at my alma mater, Ohio University. And that was a great experience to interact with secular college students, um, get opportunities to continue to grow in my ability to to teach and to uh, to do those kinds of things. And it was really through that process that the Lord led me to move on to, to seminary in the year 2000. So I went on and did my MDiv at, at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School and did my PhD at uh, Wheaton. And even just getting into the Wheaton program was no guarantee. They, even though the program had just started up, they take like six students a year. Wow. And really you apply to work with a chosen mentor. So you know, the, the guy I wanted to work with was Doug Moo. And he was taking two students that year. So I'm competing with all these other people for two spots to work with with, with Doug Moo. And God opened that door, thankfully, hmm. and got in there. But then, you know, you get on the other end of, of your PhD, and my goodness, the, the job market was better then than it is now, but it still wasn't great. And so um, I knew plenty of guys who had PhDs. And uh, were, were excellent writers, thinkers, scholars, and good teachers and didn't have teaching jobs as full-time professors. So I felt very blessed that God opened this particular door here at Grace, even though I didn't know a lot about Grace when I took the position here and uh, been here ever since. This is year 15 now. Uh, and what song did your wife start singing when you rolled into Warsaw, Indiana? <laughs> I believe it would be uh, John Cougar Mellencamp Camp's uh, Small Town. Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoy that story. Um, yeah. Okay, so I want to do some listener questions, and I put it out on Twitter uh, yesterday afternoon, which I, I know you saw. I did. Um, I have four sports questions and three theology questions. I'm, I'm thinking of going every other one. Sure. Just just to see what, how many we can get through. Okay. Before uh, before we we hit the magic time. Okay. Um, so we'll start with the sports one. Okay. Uh, and this this may be difficult for you. <laughs> Some of these are just mean, honestly. Um, so just just a heads up. Uh, favorite uh, favorite player who played for one of your rival teams. Yeah. Now they didn't come out and say Michigan, but that team up north. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the obvious one. Um, it does feel like that's what they're that, indicating, and that's from uh, uh, Lee in Indiana, who yeah. we know likes to stick stick a knife and twist it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I'll refrain from the snarky comment I had in mind there. In any case, um, I think if you're going to force me to pick a, a player from uh, the team up north, I, I would probably go the basketball route and uh, and say Trey Burke. Oh, Trey Burke, the point guard. Yeah. 
he was a lot of fun to watch. I uh, remember he hit a a shot, probably like a twenty five or thirty foot shot in the NCAA tournament. I think against Kansas, that sent the guy maybe the Elite Eight that year that mm-hmm. sent the game to overtime, which they won later. And uh, he was you know he's a he's an Ohio kid. Uh, so you're slipping it in the yeah, back door yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice work. Grew up in Columbus area. But uh, in any case, he was fun to watch. And when I was a, when I was younger, uh, also on the basketball front, uh, Glenn Rice. Do you recognize that name? I do recognize that name. Played for played for them. Um, was a was a fun watch in terms of basketball. So, you know, on, on the football front, um, the the only player that I could think of. Um, yeah, I mean, all the players for on the football front, I, I liked watching because I thought they were going to make mistakes that benefited Ohio State. So they had a quarterback a couple of years ago named John O'Corn, <laughs> who was especially mistake prone. So anyway, okay, uh, in the uh, theology ministry Bible region, I'll go um, theology ministry for two hundred. John, yeah. yeah. Well, well, do you have a favorite Bible translation? And I assume. Uh, they're meaning an English translation. Yeah, I, I assume so as well. Um, I, I I teach out of the English Standard Version. Okay. For many years, I did the New American Standard Version, um, but found that the New American Standard was a bit stilted. It was so uh, wooden as to keeping slavishly with the original Greek and Hebrew text that it became – challenging to read mm-hmm. a lot of times in English. And the NIV was a little too um, paraphrastic at points for my preference. So the ESV was a nice sweet spot. Okay. A- any others that you use uh, regularly? Uh, well, I do uh, often consult the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. Fi- uh, find it to be an excellent translation as well. Okay. Okay. Good. That, w- that was the one I was looking for. Um <laughs> Okay, so so switching back to sports, um, and again, uh, this is just mean. Uh, <laughs> worst sports memory, one that still hurts to remember. Yeah, wow. I mean, they're really digging they're, in they're here. They're digging in, and yeah. that's Chris, uh, by the way. Yeah, Chris, Chris. in Indiana. Um, so Lee and Chris hurt, hurting you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the most, um, the most. Uh, recent one is Ohio State losing to Clemson last year in the college football playoff semifinals uh, because I was convinced that Ohio State was the better team. Hmm. And um, although they didn't lose because of the officiating, the officiating was a significant factor in the outcome of the game. That was disappointing. Ohio State still should have won despite that, but they didn't play well enough to uh, overcome that. So that one's fresh. Very yeah. fresh. Do you have any any like long-standing wounds uh, <laughs> that, that, that we should know about? Well, I think that I would go with the um, – when Ohio State lost to the team up north in 1998 when I also was convinced they had the best mm. team in the country. Um. Yeah, that was during the Cooper years where – I mean I could have picked just about any year during the 90s when John Cooper was the coach yeah. of Ohio State where in probably seven of those 10 years, Ohio State had the better team on paper 
it was a higher ranked team and they couldn't beat that team up north. So painful. Okay. Okay. Thanks for going to that deep, uh, scary place for us. Yeah. We, we appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. I, I, sorry I didn't use my vulnerability voice there. But. <laughs> um, uh, theology, ministry, Bible. Uh, your son's throwing you. We we have three from your boy here, and <laughs> he's gonna he's just throwing softballs. Um, so uh, favorite living preacher. Yeah, that's a challenging one. Um, I I don't know if I can narrow it down to one. Um, I I mean John Piper has had a profound influence on me in a lot of ways and I've enjoyed a lot of his preaching. Um, but I tried to think in terms of if if I went to like a T4G conference and I could only hear one guy, who would I want to hear? Mm-hmm. And this might be a little surprising to some, but I'd probably go with KDY, Kevin DeYoung. Oh, Kevin DeYoung. I thought yeah. you said Katie. No. And I was like, who? K-D-Y. There Kevin you D. Young. Yes. Okay. He he is a great blend of attention to the text, thoughtfulness, clarity, uh, a great mixture of humor at the appropriate times so that's not distracting. And he's not flashy. Mm-hmm. He's not a big personality where you're like, wow, he's so, you know, he's so um, – you know, compelling as this personality, you know, sometimes, well, I, I just have a bent against those kinds of preachers typically, even if their content is really good. So I guess I'll probably lean that way. Katie Y. I, you know, I remember going to T4G with you and I remember you mentioning that Katie Y was your favorite um, while we were there. Um, all right. Another softball um, in the sports <laughs> arena from, from, uh, from, from your son. Um uh, uh, pick a professional team. You, you, you're normally a college individual. You enjoy your college sports. You're you don't often pick a professional team to root for. If you had to pick one, what what would it be? Yeah, I that is that is challenging. I mean, if I had to pick one, it it would almost certainly be. A, a Cleveland team since it's from the state of Ohio and um, that would be that would be t- challenging I, I, it'd have to come down to either the either the Browns or the Cavs now you do have family that works for the Cavs I do I do so yeah I don't know if that tips the scales in in, in that direction or not but um, you know Historically speaking, the the Browns are the more significant franchise, even mm-hmm. though even though in the in the Super Bowl era they've not had great success. But in like the the decade before, sure they were uh, incredibly successful. Have a number of NFL championships from that era. So I suppose if if you if you had to force me to pick a, a, a pro sports team to to be aggressively following. Um, I guess I'd probably go with the Browns. Wow. Okay. Went over went over blood there. All right. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. Um, okay. So final question in the theology ministry area. This comes from uh, Pastor Chase of Fort Wayne. <laughs> uh, now I'm, I'm going to give you three categories and three theologians, and you, you got to put each of these theologians in one of the category. Can't double up. Okay. Uh, study with one. Uh, listen to one preach, 
and write a book with one. Uh, Don Carson, D.A. Carson, mm-hmm. uh, Doug Moo, and uh, uh, Beal, G.K. G.K. Beal. Beal. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a good question. Now, I feel like I can answer this two different ways because I've essentially done these things or close. So, uh, yeah, basically I can answer it one way and say I've done – if if you want to say what I've done, I, I, I studied with Doug Moo at Wheaton and obviously I've listened to Don Carson preach and um, I've essentially – at some level, kind of written a book with G.K. Beale. He wrote an introductory chapter in the Making All Things New book that I co-wrote with Ben Glad. Um, now, if we want to mix it up a little bit, I think I would – studying under either Carson or Beale would be a terrifying thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Beale is an incredibly demanding doctoral mentor. Hmm. But the kind of scholars he produces is uh, is impressive. So um, that'd be that'd be certainly worth it. Um, I, I don't know about I, I really haven't heard either Moo or Beal preach in a formal church context. I've heard them obviously speak in academic contexts, but And we um, had we had uh, Doug on Doug Moo on campus here a number of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So he he spoke on uh, it was Creation, creation care, care. Mm-hmm. yeah, a couple years ago. So um, he's a very tall man as well, Doug Moo. He's like six seven, six 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 seven. Yeah, big guy, big guy. So um, I think I'd probably go that way. Um, I I can't s- say enough about how much I enjoyed studying under Doug Moo. He was the perfect blend of rigorous scholarship, but but personal care for me. I really appreciated that. So, so could you be more specific? How are how are you outlining these? Who are you studying with? Who are you listen to preach? And who are you writing a book with? Yeah. Okay. So I, I gave my sort of I've already done this version. Sure. So my, sure. That's that's the least interesting yeah, question, I think. Yeah. Um. I. Okay. Let's do it this way then. I would go with um. Study with Carson. Listen to Beale preach and write a book with Moo. Yeah, I I thought that might be the way you go. <laughs> um, okay, uh, last sports question, and then and then it's time to time to move on. Okay, uh, favorite Buckeye. Yeah, uh, this is a softball from your son again. Yeah, but see, it's not because that that that's tough to pick one out of there. I I, I would I, there's so many great ones. I I would probably either have to narrow it down to Eddie George. Okay, running back. Yep, or Orlando Pace. Okay, offensive tackle. He was the most dominant offensive lineman I've ever seen. He looked like, um, even at the college level, he looked like he was a grown man oftentimes playing against junior high kids in terms of just absolutely dominating them. Um, more recently, I've, I've enjoyed watching um, Chase Young and the Bosa brothers on the defensive line. Front. Uh, they're, they, they're just – Amazing players. So. Yeah. Um, so, but it says favorite. You got to You got to pick one. All right. Give me Eddie George. Okay, Eddie George. It is. All right. Um, and that's all our questions. You're off the hot seat. Whew. Congratulations. You you've survived. Yeah, that was close. Um, 
and uh, no tears. No tears. I, I made it through without without crying. So, um, so we're at episode forty two. So we got to we got to come up with an athlete here, and unlike previous numbers, we actually have some reasonably good options here. So um, the the starting point here is uh, Jackie Robinson, mm-hmm. obviously well known for his uh, breaking of the color barrier in baseball and uh, three three sport athlete I think at UCLA yeah. as well. He was, yeah, he was a terrific athlete. He was very very good. Yeah. Also on the rest, West Coast, Ronnie Lott, mm-hmm. legendary safety for the San Francisco Forty ers and uh, finished his career with the Jets. In fact. Yeah, I feel like I've heard stories of him about breaking fingers or dislocating fingers in the middle of games and just sort of popping them back into place, and you know. And he's famous for the shoulder underneath the chin. Yeah, right. He would he would throw that shoulder and just knock guys out. He was brutal. Um, and then um, Mariano Rivera. I know it pains you to mention him since he was a, a Yankee, a legendary yeah. Yankee, but. Um, one of the one of the great closers in Major League Baseball history, perhaps the greatest closer. Yeah, and then James Worthy, Laker great, played at North Carolina with Michael Jordan as well. Um, terrific power forward, very skilled, very athletic. Yeah, very good. And then in terms of uh, Ohio State, uh, Paul Warfield was a uh, legendary halfback slash wide receiver in the sixties. And then more recently, Bobby Carpenter was a terrific linebacker for Ohio State from 2002 to 2005, had his professional career cut short by injuries, mm. but um, very athletic uh, linebacker there. So who you got? It's hard to pick against Jackie. Yeah. It's hard to pick against Jackie Robinson. I agree. I agree. Um, so let's go with that. Okay. Doc, one thing you like this week. Why don't you, uh, why don't you lead us off? Yeah, so uh, this past uh, weekend here, we're recording on a Monday, we took some stuff down to our son, John, who moved to Indy recently. And after we dropped the stuff off at his place, we went out to his f- favorite burger joint there in Indianapolis called Bub's Burgers. Bub's. I've never heard of Bub's. It's very good. Hmm. Burgers, uh, they have different sizes of burgers. So they go, you know, third of a pound, or say quarter of a pound, third of a pound, um, half pound, and then pound. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so terrific burgers, lots of good options. But uh, even better, the waffle fries. Hmm. I'm generally not a huge waffle fry guy. But these were by far the best waffle fries I have ever had. Really? Perfect combination of seasoning and um, crispiness without it being like crunchy. Yeah. Just delightful. So fun to, fun to go there. And it's the, the location we went to is right in this nice kind of downtown area in Carmel hmm. that's got a nice bike and walking path there and lots of nice shops and that kind of thing. So fun little area. Very nice. Yeah. What about um, you? My one thing is uh, is Andrew and I really really stayed in this weekend and we did homemade apple cider. Okay. Um, so chopped up apples, put them in a stock pot, and and just cooked it on low for a few hours. And this was a weekend for hot apple cider. It was a great great weekend <laughs> for hot apple cider. Um, so uh, we we did that and that was quite enjoyable. Yeah, good. Y- your your culinary skills continue to expand, John. 
Yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. I'm, I'm becoming domestic, you know? Yeah. How much of this is COVID-related and how much of this is just kind of – don't take this the wrong way, but like growing up, like just getting just getting older, not, not growing up in the sense of you weren't grown up before this, but just sure. like you find as you get older, you find certain things enjoyable that before you would have been like, why is that enjoyable when you were a younger person? I think – I think part of it's COVID. I think the other part of it is um, I've just begun to look at things and go, well, why can't I do that from scratch? And just Googling it and figuring out how was it done? And then if it looks simple, doing it. That's a big thing for you. That's that's a big part of your your personality of how do I figure out how to do this? Find a YouTube video, Google it, Mm -hmm. and give it a shot yourself. It's a – it keeps things interesting. Yeah, that's that's one of that's one of your many admirable qualities. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that about you. So, all right, well, here we are. Yeah, is, are, are we at mission accomplished? Here? I think so. I think we've yeah. done it. Okay. Well, so I guess um, there's really, you know, not much else to do other than to say mission accomplished. And until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. 